All right, you guys can grab your Bibles and open up to Acts chapter 27 this morning. We walked through the book of Acts as a church family about five, six years ago. Acts is a pretty good book. If you don't believe that, just ask somebody. They'll tell you all about it. You guys know who the best DJ is in the Bible? Shalom. It's Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. Why? Because he turned tables. <laughs> All right, we're going to get into the word this morning. My oldest son asked, What's a turntable? You know, you're getting old. <laughs> What's a record? All right. We've been looking at Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, okay? Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And we've been taking a deep dive into what that looks like, that God is with us. And I really believe that this is a very timely message series uh, for our church family. There's just been a lot going on over the last few weeks and I've been getting a lot of messages from you guys, just how appropriate and timing uh, these messages have been. And we've looked at being in the valley in there. Do you guys know that God's with us there too? Absolutely, right? We enjoy the mountaintops, but we get to know him in the valleys. We looked last week at God in the wilderness or the deserts, where our deepest needs really become a gift to us. Okay, it drives us to the Lord to really depend upon Him. And then we have this morning God in the storms, because difficult times blow up sometimes out of nowhere. I didn't see this coming, this just happened. Um, I think naming storms is funny. Did you guys see the list that just came out for our winter storms this next year? Okay, we have Avery, Bennett, Cora. Declan, like some of these, you know, different storms that come through. I'm like, why, why are we putting people's names on these storms? Why isn't it like Oreo Blizzard or Eminem Blizzard? Like, why are we picking people's names, right? Um, but there's storms, like even the big hurricane storms that come out and do a lot of damage. People's homes completely gone, livelihood lives even taken i think of the i think katrina was the most deadly that we've had here sunny and joe actually went down years ago on a missions uh, trip to help down there but they named uh these different hurricanes and winter storms after people hurricane harvey or maybe hangover howie we don't know what storms are right but we know they come and we know that life is hard in them and i kind of looked into like what's the deal with naming storms after people. Well, in 1954, the meteorologists of the United States decided, hey, we're going to start naming these storms. And you guys know that they picked only women's names for many, many years in there? I don't know. It's just like, hey, here comes a storm. It's going to be bad. I'm going to name it after my wife. I don't know what they were thinking. You know, It's like, what's going on? But in 1979, equal rights for storms was introduced. So uh, they included men then at that time. 
Um, and they'll retire the names. If it's a very destructive storm, they'll never use that name again. But we have a lot of storms in life. There's storms of betrayal, divorce, depression, addiction, cancer, loss. Storms come, and the question often is, where are you, God? This is going on. What's happening? Where, where did you go? Why are you allowing this? Why doesn't he do something? What's, what's this all about? What I want us to catch this morning, guys, is never let the presence of a storm cause, cause you to doubt the presence of God. Because I think we tend to have that tendency when the storms come. Where are you, God? Where did you go? Why? Massive storms some days. We begin to panic. We don't know what to do. Let's start throwing all the cargo over the side of the ship, right? It's going to get bad. We're terrified. We don't know what to do. This is the end. And that's where I want to pick it up this morning in Acts 27 with you guys. Before we read verse 20, I've been having a storm of dry mouth. Some of you guys have mentioned that the last few weeks. I've never had this before. In this last week, I actually had the thought, hey, I'm going to be able to preach this Sunday. My mouth hasn't been getting dry. And right before service today, my mouth got super dry on me. I'm like, what's up with this? Sometimes things happen, we just don't know why. But that's why the scriptures are good for us. Do you guys know the <laughs> the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And aren't you glad that we get glimpses into real people's lives and storms that they actually face and how they handle them? Because it speaks to us on a personal level. You know what? God is there. God's there even in the midst of a storm. And we see that play out over and over again throughout the scriptures. So we're going to have the Apostle Paul. He's on his missionary's journeys. Okay, this is towards the end of his life. And he's in the middle of the sea, tempest going on. Look at verse 20 with me now. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, a small tempest beat on us. All hope that we would be saved was finally given up. Guys, they gave up all hope. Have you ever been in that place in life where it's over? There is no hope to be found. It is done. We've given up completely. Marriage is not going to make it. I'm going to be single and alone forever. I just can't get out of debt. I'm never going to have a child. I'm never going to graduate from high school. Why am I always depressed? It's easy to give up all hope, isn't it? And the storms continue to rage. Have you guys ever gone through a storm? And there was just another storm waiting for you? You're like, whoa, I just got through this. And now there's another and another. Well, let's carry on. Look at verse 21. But after a long uh, um, absence of food, Paul stood in the midst of them. And he said, hey, men, guys, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete. 
and incurred a disaster and loss. So Paul, the apostle, a very spiritual man, he wasn't above saying, I told you so, <laughs> right? Here he's calling these guys out, right? If you had listened to me, we wouldn't be here. Okay, and it's easy sometimes for us just to blame everything on the devil. I'm going through this, and that's Satan's fault. He's the one who's doing it. He's the one who's after me, okay? The devil caused the storm. Um, but sometimes you just made a stupid decision. How, you guys, how many of you guys have gone through? Let's be real. I've gone through storms because I chose to do it. I chose to make that decision and I knew it wasn't a good decision, and I'm going to do it anyways. And now I'm in this, you know, situation. My mama told me so. My friends told me so. Even my pastor told me so. I shouldn't have married that guy. I didn't listen. Now I'm stuck. He was a believer before we got saved, and now he's not a believer anymore. What happened? We have decisions to make all the time. And maybe one of the reasons that these guys just gave up on hope is because they made the wrong decision. They knew the consequences of their decision. They were in a storm because of a decision they made. It's easy to believe God will get you out of a situation when God got you into a situation, right? It's a little bit harder when you're the one who made the decision and then you're sitting there like, oh, this is my fault. Is God going to be there for me now? Because I did this. Is he still going to help me out? I think about the crew here on the boat. Did they all choose to be there? Part of it was just their job, right? They didn't make those decisions. They're just doing what they're supposed to be doing, and they're caught in this storm on the boat with everybody else, and they're probably saying, well, this ain't my fault, but here I am. Stuck in the storm, and we're all out of hope. We're all going to sink and die. You see, in storm, the storms can be much for people, okay? And sometimes it is on us. Sometimes we spent too much money. Now I'm broke, and I can't pay my mortgage. I can't pay my bills. I have money for now. I can't even get groceries right now. Maybe we got in trouble because we said something we shouldn't have. We mouthed off when we knew we should have kept our mouths shut. Maybe we weren't considerate. Maybe we procrastinated on something. Maybe we just didn't listen to wise counsel. Some of the crew here might have not even wanted to go on this trip. So maybe you find yourself going through a storm this morning, and it's because of someone else's dumb decision. How many of you have been in a storm because of someone else? Anybody? Be careful. It might be a little awkward because it's the person sitting right next to you. But <laughs> there's things that happen in life, guys. Maybe it's mom and dad got divorced. Maybe the company you work for made some bad decisions and now they have to close their doors. Maybe you trusted somebody. Let's take a look at verse 22. Paul says, Now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, 
but only of the ship. For there stood with me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve. That's pretty rad, isn't it? Catch what it said here. An angel stood beside me. An angel. I don't know how much I wanted to talk on this, but God confirmed this last week. We're going to take a moment and talk about angels. Why? Because they're in the Bible. Did you guys catch this morning as Wes was sharing? Did you guys catch, oh, you weren't there, Thursday morning men's study. We're just going through the Gospel of Matthew. Guess what? Angel talk was right there in the Gospels. Do you guys know that little kids have their own angels? Jesus said that. That's pretty cool to think about. They're to protect them. Do you guys know there's 10,000s of 10,000s angels? Do we know that there's a whole spiritual realm going on? Like even this morning, I believe there's probably a battle going on over what we're doing here this morning. There are angels that are fighting on our behalf. We don't see and understand all that's going on, but we know they're very real. We know the Bible even says we may entertain them at some point in our life without even knowing it. It could be a total stranger. Have you guys ever had an encounter with somebody where you walked away from and you're like, you know what? That just might have been an angel. I've had a couple of those in life where I really walked away. There was one time we turned around. I was with the family. We were, you guys ever go up to Green Bay to the, um, is it the new zoo? What's it called up there? Yeah. They have the pond there with all the ducks and they love corn and you feed them corn. Any of you guys ever do that? It's so much fun. Well, we were there. It was an odd time. It might have been like this time of year. Like nobody else was there. We were there by ourselves. The kids were little. And they're like going in the cracks of the deck trying to pick out corn chunks so they'd have something to throw to the, the geese and the ducks that were there. You know, and it's just like, okay, this is, and we didn't know where to get it. I think the little shop was closed stuff. And there was a guy, a bigger guy, just comes out of nowhere. He had a big, long black jacket on. He just walks up. I think he handed it to Finn, right? I forget. This guy, big bag of corn, just out of nowhere, gives it to him. And the kids are all stoked. And we're all kind of rejoicing. Like, oh, what a gift. This is awesome. We're going to get to feed the ducks. And I turn around because I wanted to connect with this guy and thank him. And he's just gone. It's just like, okay, what's up with that? <laughs> you know. But that was one of those incidents. Could have been just a guy? Absolutely. But I actually had a thought in that moment. <laughs> Was that an angel? Just showed up to say, hey, here's a blessing of corn for the ducks. <laughs> Just something that little. I don't know, but the Bible says we do entertain strangers sometimes, and you might have just entertained an angel. Kind of cool to think about. And the Bible talks a lot about angels. We know that one angel can wipe out a complete city, so they're very powerful beings. So here we have angelic uh, visitation. We know that happens. I read this morning, Gabriel showed up to Mary. Pretty cool, right? And here we have Paul saying, hey, uh, this angel came and he stood beside me. Pretty cool. Well, what does that mean? Because we've lost all hope. Who cares if an angel came and spoke to you? What good is that for us? Because we're going to go down in a moment here and lose our lives. Um, so I think it's cool in the midst of a storm, there's more ways than, than I think what we can imagine that God can be with us in the storm. In one of those ways, he might send an angel, and he might speak to you in that way. Angels are all around us. Think about that. That's biblical. And do you guys know where the Holy Spirit is? God himself? In us. 
Whoa! If we have that perspective when we're going through a storm, what? Angels are around us, and God is within us. Hmm. Does our perspective on that storm maybe change a little when we actually believe the word of God and we're actually looking at reality? Because sometimes when we're going through a storm, it's hard to see reality, isn't it? This is so overwhelming. I don't know how things are going to work out. It's never going to be the same again. Do we believe that God is with us? Isn't it cool that God goes before us? He does go before us. That's why I think he tells us not to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. God wants us right now looking to him, trusting him. Don't worry about tomorrow. You look to me right now. And I love it. Does God hear our prayers? Yeah. Okay. You ever find yourself overwhelmed, crying? He stores our tears up in a bottle. He knows every tear that falls. Does he ever comforted you guys in a storm? You're going through it, and you're just comforted by him? Don't you love it when things seem chaotic all around us? Can't even see, like a good storm, you can't even really see that far, right? And yet he guides us. He goes before us. So never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. He is right there. I want to look at a scripture out of First Tim, or actually it's 2 Timothy 4 with you guys. Look at verse 16 with me here. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsake me. And may it not be charged against them. But, do you guys catch this here? Verse 17, the Lord stood with me and he strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of a lion. So Paul went through a lot. If you've ever followed him through the book of Acts and you've read the epistles that he wrote to the different churches, he was a brother who faced a lot of storms, right? And it's one of those things, like you read what he went through and you're just like, well, I don't know about following this, Jesus. <laughs> this man had to go through this. But you know what? He knew the Lord was with him no matter what he faced. Okay, everyone else, man, they, they've deserted me, but the Lord was with me. Have you guys ever been faced with that? You know what? I'm in the midst of a storm. Everyone is wanting to react and do this. But God's guiding me here. He's calling me to go this way, to follow him. And sometimes you might be the only person who's willing to do it. But you got to be faithful to God. Okay? He is with us. He is there. Another one you can jot down is from Psalm 16, verse 8. I know the Lord is always, always with me. And I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. Isn't that cool to think of? Right beside me. In your worst moments, in the hardest things in your life, the Lord's going to be right there. Right there. It's all about who's in the boat with you, isn't it? Who is with you? Study through the Gospels, you'll come to an account in Matthews and Marks that talk about Jesus being in a boat with his disciples, and there was a storm that came upon them, 
You guys know what Jesus was doing? Sleeping, napping. We talked last week, it's spiritual to nap. It's all right. Sleep, rest, eat. It's good. Also, guys, we had the disciples. As Jesus is sleeping on the boat in the midst of a storm, what are they doing? They're tripping, right? We're going to drown. How are we going to make it? And who is right there with them? God was right there with them, and they're freaking out. I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. There's no way we're going to make We're going to drown, Jesus. Do you not care? And you guys know the story. What does Jesus do? Gets up. Peace, be still. Just like that, the storm was calm. And I love when that happens. God is with us. But does he calm every storm? There's times where he allows you to go through the storm. And there's a purpose in that, and we've looked at that already. But I want you guys to catch this. Peace is not the absence of a storm. Everybody thinks as long as my life is comfortable and going my way and I'm getting what I want, then everything's okay. And that's the way it should be. And then I'll be at peace. Peace is not an absence of a storm, guys. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. And where is Jesus? With you in the midst of the storm. You guys remember when Peter began to sink because the storm began to rage? He was actually walking on water. That's pretty cool. We know Jesus did it. There's only one other guy who's ever done it. Peter. But he began to sink in the midst of the storm. And what did he cry out? Lord, save me! <laughs> Immediately, the Lord was there. I think that's pretty cool. I want to read verse 23 again with you guys. It says, For there stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid. Paul, you must be brought before Caesar, and indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So I can't go down in this boat, okay? Because you're going to still stand before Caesar. You guys understand that? God's not done. I said you're going to stand before Caesar. That means you're not going to die. I'm not done with you. Kind of like the command to the boys that were in the boat when Jesus was praying up on the mountain. You guys remember the command? Go to the other side. And that's when he went walking on the water and they were all tripping out in the storm. God was there with them. Okay? The command, go, you're going to get to the other side. Okay? You can't go down into, you know, in this battle. Why? Because God has another battle for you. You guys understand that? God has numbered our days. He knows when it's the end. But how many battles have we gone through already where we thought this was it? I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. And here we stand to fight another day, another battle to be fought. So it's God, he establishes, he does. He's not finished with you yet. You're here this morning for your reason. You guys understand that? God's not done. God's not done. If you're still breathing air, God's not done. So more people to bless. There's more people to love on. There's more people to serve. There's more opportunities to give. More people to point to Jesus. 
Okay. I know everybody's getting saved. You guys don't know any non-believers because everybody believes in Jesus, right? No, there's a lot of people that still need to come to faith, right? He's not done with you, church. We get to point people to Jesus. We get to share the good news. So God will use you, okay, or what you learn in a storm to help someone through theirs. Do you guys believe that? How many of you guys have gone through something hard and then God took that season, those hard things and the things that you learned through it and you've been able to minister to somebody who is going through a likeness of storm? You guys know God does that? He comforts us that we may comfort others. Maybe you've survived cancer. You can help other people through that fight of faith. My mother-in-law had breast cancer many years ago, and I know, Joe, you've ministered to how many different women over the years because you went through it and you've been able to share the faithfulness of God because that's a very real thing. It's hard, but when you walk through that, God's going to use you to minister to other people. Maybe you overcome personally in your marriage unfaithfulness. You went through that storm. And now someone else is going through the same thing and you're able to come alongside them and you're going to be able to minister to them and say, hey, this is what the scriptures say. This is what real forgiveness looks like. Even though you've been betrayed and hurt on such a deep level, you can forgive. This is what God asks. There is a way through. Okay, Maybe you're someone who's gotten out of debt. You said, you know, I'm going to do things God's way. I'm going to be a steward with what he's given you're able to walk alongside somebody else. Maybe you've been sober for 123 days. Hey, praise God. Guess what? You can come along somebody's <laughs> alongside them and say, you know what? It is possible. With God, all things are possible. You can have identity in Christ. He can set you free. I do want to pause for a moment and think about the reality of faith. Okay? Um, there's a lot of things we go through in life and a lot of storms we go through. I struggle a little bit when it comes to what real faith is because sometimes people want to sit and say, you know what, I've gone through this. I had faith and this is how God worked. This is how he came through. Now I'm going through the exact same thing again and I know God's going to do it the exact same way again. He doesn't always do it the exact same way. And sometimes because we know God is faithful and he'll see us through, is it faith any longer when we look at something and say, you know what? God's done it before. Faith takes an element of unknown. Am I correct? If we know God is faithful and he is able to see us through to be with us, okay, still faith, but it's not like a faith of the unknown. It's more of like, I know your character, I know your faithfulness. You have a record in this. But faith, guys, is a beautiful thing to God. And there's going to be things that happen in life where, hey, again, I'm going to exercise faith. Because sometimes we ask the question, why another storm, Father? Why another thing? Why do I have to go through this now? I just finished that thing. And it's something where, hey, he's going to grow our faith. I'm going to show you again, son, you can trust me. You can depend upon me. 
I am still with you. And that's where it's beautiful, guys, when there are different storms and seasons of life because it's an opportunity for us to grow in our faith. So let's take a look now at verse 25. We'll start wrapping this up. It says, Therefore take heart, men. I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. Do you guys have that type of faith? God said it. I'm believing it. Period. That is it. Amen, Robert. We need to have that type of faith, guys. God said it. We can trust him. Faith is not in what we see. Faith is in what God says, guys. This is what he says. Well, I don't see how that's going to work out for me. This is what he says. We can believe it. So faith is not in a boat. God's the one who commands the wind and the waves. You can't control your situation if you can't control the storm, right? The storm's going to come whenever it wants how it hits, how long it might last, that's out of our control. We can't make that change. We can't control what people do or what people think. What we can control is if we're going to listen to what he says. We can control if we're going to choose to obey in that situation, right? There's only our part. There's going to be so much that's out of our control but we have the choice and the decision. Am I going to believe what you say, God? Though my heart is overwhelmed, though I'm feeling this way, you say this. Am I going to believe your word or not? That's on us. It's about where you place your faith. Where do you place your faith? What he says will happen. It might be get to the other side. It might be be anxious for nothing. But through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, even though this makes no sense, this storm sucks, he will guard your heart and mind, Christ Jesus. Let's turn to John 14 for a second. I spent a lot of time living in John chapter 14, 15, and 16 over the years. It's one of those passages and teachings of Jesus that when I'm going through a storm, I find myself coming back to his words and what he says, because there's a promise of the Holy Spirit who's going to be a helper. And when you're going through a storm, there's sometimes like, I need so much help right now. And guess what? God himself said he's going to be there to help me. That's pretty cool, right? So I want to take a look at verse uh, 27. If you guys catch it, it's red letters. So this is Jesus speaking, and he says this to us in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. Whoa, the shalom of God, right? I leave with you. My peace I give to you. So it's his peace he's going to give to you. Not as the world gives, okay, do I give. Let not your heart be troubled, Neither let it be afraid. 
God has spoken this, he will give you his peace. And that's why when we're going through a storm and hard things, there's been times where I'm up in the hospital visiting with somebody, and they're the one, like, I've gone to minister to them, to bring them some comfort, to pray with them, hopefully to bring some peace to them. And you know what? They're the one that ends up ministering to me. Has that ever happened to you guys? Where you see somebody just going through the storm, the heart, and they are so close to God. They're clinging to his word and his promises. Their hearts are settled, even though it might be the hardest thing they ever go through. Why? Because they have believed God's word. They are trusting that he is with them, that his presence is with them. And God wants that of us, guys, that we are believing. And do we believe? I mean, jump down to verse 6. We all know this. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Do you believe what he says will happen? Do you really believe that he is the way? The only way. Do you really believe that? Because if you do, you're going to cling to it. Okay? You're not going to be tempted by something else. You're not going to flirt with something else. You're going to be true to him. Okay? He is the way. He is the truth. Right? Jesus is going to speak truth. There's a lot of truths out there, but there's only really one truth, and it's what God has to say. So he's the way, the truth, and the life. You know that Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. Well, how is that possible? Because in this life, guys, we shall suffer persecution. You shall go through tribulations. There's going to be a lot of storms. That is promised. How can I have life abundantly? Oh, that's with Christ, guys. It's in him. Because he says, I am. It is him who is. So do we believe his word? Do we cling to it? I sure hope so. You guys can turn to Psalm 46, and we'll wrap up with this. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up at this time. Psalm 46, let's take a look at verse 1 here. God is our refuge and strength. Do you believe that? Do you guys believe that he's a very present help in time of trouble? Do you believe that? Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. Amen, or Selah. Think on that. So again, guys, what I want you to take away from this morning is never let the presence of the storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. But pastor, don't you know the economy is going to crumble? Pastor, do you not turn on the television? Do you not know that there's wars going on and wars of, or rumors of other wars that are going to start? Guys, I know. I know our politics are crazy. I, I know. I know that relationships in this life break down, are lost. I know people don't get the job they want. I know there's very real storms in life. We all have things. But what I want you guys to get, and I hope you're getting, 
He is what you need. He is what I need. Amen? Because He is our safety. He is my strength. He is my comforter. He is my source. He is my redeemer. He's my sustainer. He is my provider. He is my assurance. He is my salvation. Let's stand. Again, guys, peace isn't found in the absence of a storm, but peace is found in the presence of God. And we're going to conclude our time in worship together. And I would encourage you to worship the Lord in this time. Don't let the person next to you take care of the worship. We're all called to worship him because he is worthy. And do you guys know there's a promise? God's word says that he inhabits the praises of his people. And sometimes when we're going through a storm, guys, we don't know what to do. You worship. You raise your hands and worship and you praise him. And guess what? He is there with you. Let's worship. First, a poem um, called Has Said, translated to Loving Kindness. I'm tired, not because of time required to sleep. I'm tired, not in, not in responsibility or stewardship I heed to keep. I'm tired, seldom from eager and desperate decisions that lure strife. However, I'm tired wrestling a divine ruler on ordinances ordained from above. I'm tired over deconstructing and constructing the true meaning of love. I'm tired in those dreams during the thickest of night that tantalize the desires in the heart. I'm tired when I wake into reality, deep down I hurt. The need in a weary noble man is not quenched. I'm tired Serving to others whom acquire deep longings I, restless, I restlessly seek to attain. Envious bones gradually ache in the presence of those I closely know. Thus, I'm tired, coming to the throne room, a kingdom basking in omnipresence, bearing a poisoned mind and uttering the same, same song in worship. I seek rest. Only when humbled in the presence of Yahweh, where I belong. Bring forth thy uncleanliness before me, says the Lord. Dine in communion on this table I set. Come, sit by your father and contend with me as I drink of wine that cleanses you head to toe. There is bread, please eat. Sustenance for even a day is a blessing. An invitation to you on this table did I send. Alas, my son, daughter, eat in the presence of your accuser and be well. Shalom, 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 shalom. Emmanuel, 
God with us. Oh 
shall come to thee, O Israel. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. Shall come to thee, O grafted us in so that we can be a part of your kingdom. We are so thankful, Lord, um, at this time, Lord. We just pray that those that are that don't know you, Lord, would come during this season, Lord, that they would see the glorious light that you are, Lord, that they'd be attracted to that light. Lord, you come to save your people, your people Israel, but also us, Lord, who are Gentiles. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In your holy name we pray, Jesus. Amen. You are dismissed.